Brian Wilson has the greatest quote about mastery I've probably I've ever heard. He said, "Beware the lollipop of mediocrity. Lick it once and you'll suck forever." <laughs> Welcome to the Beyond Speaking podcast from Premier Speakers Bureau, featuring in-depth conversations with the world's most in-demand keynote speakers. Hi, I'm Brian Lord. This is the Beyond Speaking Podcast. Our guest today is Mike Rayburn, who is extremely accomplished. So he is a two-time uh, TED speaker. He has um, uh, been on a featured artist on Sirius XM, a speaker, mm -hmm. Hall of Famer. He mm -hmm. has headlined uh, the Las Vegas Strip. He has gotten eight standing ovations at uh, Carnegie Hall. Yes. And he can still dunk a basketball, which is the most impressive. <laughs> I don't know. And, that, and that's the one that we're not going to have proof on. <laughs> that's the one right. So I, Karen wrote that in. Karen's his manager. We'll have to talk to her yeah. about making sure we have an updated bio, if he can still dunk a basketball or not. He's a tall guy. Anyway, so Mike, thank you so much for coming on and being part of the Beyond Speaking Podcast. Brian, thank you. It's, uh, I, we've been working together a long time, and I appreciate this chance. I know, I know. Well, I'm glad to have you on. You're actually, I don't know if you remember this, one of our very first ones, uh, first uh, interviews, and a new artist named Taylor Swift was out. Oh, yeah. That and you just yeah, done, you she's, belong she's to done pretty well, hasn't she? I think so. I think so. She's, she's from here. Yep. And uh, we've seen her on football games. I don't know if she does other stuff, but I've seen her uh, watching Chiefs yeah, games. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, yeah. Maybe she's a cheerleader or something. <laughs> something sure. like that. <laughs> but uh, that was your thing, is that she had this new song out that was yep. popular. Uh, yep. you, I think it was You Belong to Me or whatever it was. You Belong With Me. Yeah. And uh, I had just parodied it. Yes. Parodied it. Parodied. That's what to say. Uh, and um, and that's the biggest, for what it's worth, that's the it's got the most views of anything of my, that I have online. Really, it's awesome. my parody, my Terry, Taylor Swift parody. There you go, awesome, yeah. awesome, cool. Well, in addition to Taylor Swift parodies, yes. I know you've done some other things as well. So some of the things we're going to talk about are innovation, uh, the work it takes to be excellent at things, a virtuoso. Um, you know, as you're going out and speaking right now, I know you just spoke to a financial company this morning. Yep. Uh, when you're going out, what is sort of the most, the number one most important thing that people are asking you to talk about right now? Interesting. That's a great question because in the past, it's been change. They usually bring me in because they say we're trying to manage change. And my whole philosophy is something that Peter Drucker said, where managing change is not only stupid, it's dangerous. <laughs> the only way to manage change is to create change, right? Mm -hmm. This is a different mindset, which is the what-if mindset that I teach. Yeah. Um, that was it for the past 12, 15 years, until the last year or so. And that's what they'll tell me is trying to um, attract and retain qualified talent. Mm. Hiring is a challenge. Yeah. Uh, with, it, it, I mean, we're in that very unusual place. We could talk about it politically, but we're in a, an unusual place where uh, there are a lot of jobs and there's a lot of people out of work and it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So they're having to uh, look for new ways, innovative ways to attract and retain talent. So how does that, so I guess the next question would be, if somebody is a guitar virtuoso and a speaker hall of famer, how does that person line up with attracting talent? With attracted talent, uh, there's the, the uh, bridge there, the connection, will be the phrase, what if? Uh, the, the thing that I feel like I bring to the table as, with the background as an artist, rather than someone perceived, you know, as a corporate world, uh, is an outside perspective, a creative uh, perspective. Because one of the things I make the point is that uh, um, when companies want to learn how to attract talent, how, how to uh, innovate, how to perform at peak levels, they usually go to business leaders or business speakers or sometimes sports figures, you know, because you've booked all of them. Mm -hmm. um, rarely do they go to artists. But for artists, 
cre being creative under pressure, performing well under pressure, mm -hmm. that's our lifeblood. So I bring artistic sensibilities, artistic tools to the table that I teach in a, in a non-artistic atmosphere. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's artistic, of course, I'm, I'm gonna be creative. So what happens is that that tool, the, the tool that I teach most often is asking the question, what if? Yeah. So it applies, you, it, you can look at it kind of like a scope, you can point it or whatever you need to. So asking the question, what if, coming up with new possibilities within whatever context, uh, you can point that lens at a new process for accounting. You could point that lens at how do we become creative in attracting talent? What do we need to do that we haven't done in the past to retain talent? What, how do we keep our finger on that pulse? And so the tools I offer are, ask, are essentially deliver on that promise and then I illustrate with the guitar. Mm -hmm. So it's that's just my testimony. Yeah, yeah. How do, can we get you to illustrate it at some point? Because that's kind of what the, play. that's what the people came here for. <laughs> so <laughs> we didn't, what, don't listen to him talk. Just play. You know, yeah, what's yeah. What's well, the, the Frank Zapp album? Shut up and play your guitar. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you do. Well, I mean, well, you're kind of selling it because you got the cool hat. This is nothing. So this is something I could never ever wear. I could never wear the cool hat. I could never wear the jacket with the with the chain. And everything else. Well, so, here's here's what I learned. If you do it, you got to own it. You yes. got to step into it and do it like you meant to do it. Like, <laughs> like this is why I'm here. Trust me on this because I didn't. You know, there were times where I'd shy away. Like, am I going to be that guy? Like, yes, yeah, I am. You here should I be am. that guy. You got to be able to pull it off. Um, so, when it comes to being creative, like not forced creativity, but like creativity under pressure. Yes. How, how do you get to that point? How do you get to that point? Uh, interestingly, I am writing a book right now. The working title, don't, don't, don't hold me to this, but the working title is Not Creative My Ass. Uh, creativity Tips for Left-Brained Linear Thinking Non-Creatives, parentheses, and everyone else. And so there are creativity, there are tips uh, that people can use to get creative. So um, first of all, anytime, uh, ironically, people who don't consider themselves creative like most of my clients, those mm -hmm. are the people who bring me in. Financial advisors, CPAs, uh, engineers, logistics, supply chain, traditionally non-creative careers. I believe they are creative, but that's just the perception. So um, ironically, people who don't perceive themselves as creative need a formula to be creative, which sounds kind of counterintuitive. So I give them one, yeah. asking the question, what if? And then we walk through the different ways that people can apply it, I illustrate with the ways I've applied it, and then I give some stories of past clients who have applied it and gotten major cool results. Mm -hmm. okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, one of the other things you're really well known for in, in this is also uh, you know, being a virtuoso. So you have people like, hey, we've got these top performers, we need them to take it to the next level. Right. We need you know, peak performance. Um, you know, what, what do you bring to the table when it comes to that? Thank you for asking, because that's actually where I'm going. I've been delivering my What If keynote for 20 years, and it's honed, and it's changed, and it's evolved, and all that, but it, it's still based on that. It's, it's based around creativity and um, innovation. Now, I am, my new keynote is called Perform Like a Virtuoso. Mm -hmm. And now, keep in mind, there's not, not everybody calls you saying, we need somebody to speak on virtuosos. Okay? Yeah. They don't say that. However, it's about mastery. If you want to be in the, in the, uh, the president's circle or the top uh, um, performers, uh, then there's certain tools that people who get there practice that others don't. Mm -hmm. 
I know what they are because trial and error and I stumbled onto them and it took one heck of a long time. So I don't pretend <laughs> to be like, I wasn't you know, born like, hey, here's how to be excellent. Um, I, it was a lot of, a lot of work. Mm -hmm. um, I have a degree in classical guitar. I've been playing the guitar for, for so many years, uh, for four decades, five decades. And uh, so within that context, I've learned what it takes to become uh, you know, the top of your field. And, and I don't mean that to sound proud about myself so much as I understand it. I get it. Mm -hmm. I get what it takes. Uh, things like consistency. People don't realize, you know, it's not what you do. Nike says, just do it. Uh, they're partially right. It's yeah. actually just keep doing it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that's really what it's about. Um, and I, one of the things I'll tell, tell people is that um, being world-class is actually boring. Yeah. Mostly boring. Because it's repetitive. Repetition is the mother of skill. So, like, I'll play a little piece, for instance, in the last 24 hours. One of the big pieces I perform is, uh, I, I try to do things people haven't done. So, it's a guitar version of Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. which you know about, you've heard. Yeah. You were one of the first people to hear it. Yeah, we, we were like, yeah, and just imagine this part when it's there, and then here's the rest. Like, you were still working through it, which is amazing to hear. Yeah, yeah you, you guys heard when I was working on it, and then you heard it when with John Oates when yeah. uh, at the uh, at Robin Crow's uh, Dark Horse recording. Yeah, it came out there. Anyway, so um, I have practiced that piece just in the last, and I've been working on it for over ten years. I've practiced that piece at least seven times in the last twenty-four hours hmm. because I performed it two and a half hours ago. Yeah, and so. It's that it's repetitive. It's like, do I want to? And when I'm at the hotel and I'm tired, it's 11:30 at night, and I want to get up. I have to get up for the program. Get to get up for the program. Um, do I want to stay up and practice Bohemian Rhapsody another three times? Probably not my first choice. However, <laughs> and it's boring. I know the piece. However, you keep looking. This is one of those principles: is that world class is and 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 top one percent performance is always a study of greater and greater de attention to detail. Mm -hmm. It's a, always a study of um, delegation and focus. And so some of those principles people haven't heard. And again, nobody, I don't know of anybody who calls you guys saying you want somebody to talk about virtuoso or peak performance, maybe that. Uh, however, if they do want to lead in their industry, if they do want to be a top performer, if mm -hmm. they do want, uh, the, the greater, I just say it's your greater influence, impact, and income come mm -hmm. from being a master. One of the points, I'll finish with this, but the uh, points I make is uh, the opposite of being a virtuoso, meaning mastery, right? The opposite of virtuoso isn't failure. The opposite of virtuoso is competent. Mm. There's plenty of competent people. That's the price of admission. There are precious few virtuosos, but the greatest impact, influence, and income you're going to have is on that path from competent, getting by, good enough, acceptable, to virtuoso, personal best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that is fascinating, those different things. I'm curious to know, um, so you talk about this, aside from the practice like of working on Bohemian Rhapsody and practicing it, even though you know it, what are some of your daily habits that you do in general that help keep you, because you have to be this performer, you have to be the speaker, you have to research, you have to do all these other things, what are those daily practices that you do? Great freaking question. Gosh, I love that. Because, <laughs> and the reason I say that is this, people don't realize it. Your life is your practices. That's what you, that's how you spend your day. And so even if, you know, I get some people, uh, we have a, a, an individualized uh, coaching program called the Virtuoso Underground. Mm -hmm. Virtuoso because it's about mastery. Underground is because 
the people who become masters are a little different. They're counterculture. They are willing to do things others won't. So uh, one of the things that we talk about is that even if you're not clear on exactly the outcome you want, if you ch accurately choose the right practices, you'll end up achieving the outcome that you would have wanted or one that's very good. Mm -hmm. So um, I counsel people to find, generally, we don't have a lot more time in a day for more than three practices. Mm -hmm. So the three practices I do, other than a morning routine, that yeah. I'm kind of taking that, that's something I have a morning prayer and meditation and reading and that kind of thing. Other than that, number one, I'm writing every day. I have to write. I have no choice but to write. Is this music or a book or whatever it is? It's, I'm referring to more words and um, it can be comedy, could be content, meaning yeah. you know, tools that I teach. Uh, or the new keynote. I'm, I'm working on that more than anything. Yeah. Also writing my book. Yeah. So I'll say, it's going to end up with probably 50, 55 chapters. Mm -hmm. And so right now I'm at a chapter a day. Yeah. And I've got, it's more than half done. Yeah. So, uh, so writing is number one. Number two, for me, needs to be practicing. I need to be on the guitar, uh, working on that. And one of the things, that, one of the points I haven't heard anybody teach that I want to introduce here is to have. Uh, we all know that not every day is the same, and there's things that come up. So have a floor and a ceiling. A floor means, at the very least, if I don't get to pick up the guitar at all, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to play for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's not, there's nobody who becomes a virtuoso by playing 15 minutes a day. However, um, the way you become a virtuoso is to not let a day guy go by that you don't do at least 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then when you have the time, you're doing three and four hours or yeah. two and a half. So uh, number one is writing, number two is practicing the guitar, and number three is some kind of marketing or outreach mm -hmm. uh, on the sales side. I'm not so much, that's more you guys. <laughs> that's what you guys do well. Sure. Um, however, you need the tools, you need the website, you need the video, you need the, uh, the materials that, and if I have, for instance, uh, you guys booked me for something and they contact me three months later and they say, we want you to do this other event, I'll reach yeah. out to you guys. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. No, Does that make sense? Awesome. Are yeah. those practices? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, and that's one of those things, like just keeping up, and I love the minimum thing, because I do the same thing like with working out. I have to have at least a minimum of this, but yes. usually it's this, and that's kind of what you have to do, and the same thing, whether it's marketing or anything else, is having those things. So people, you know, if you're at, you're at home watching, listening, whatever it may be, like figure out what your baseline is and your great line is and, and kind of go to there. Yes, baseline and great line. Yeah. That's a great way to say it. Yeah, I didn't made it up. Tell anyway, I, I'm sure maybe I saw you have that somewhere. Anyway, but uh, but yeah, so from that standpoint, uh, going out with that, like when, when you see the big challenges before you, so the other thing too is just these are huge mountains. To be a virtuoso, you kind of have to climb these big mountains because you right. said so many years to do Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. And, <laughs> and uh, so how do you pick your big goals when you're going up to a big goal? That's a great question. Um, it's a combination of things. First of all, one of the things I talk about is, is clarity that starts with purpose. And uh, when we teach this, we have something I call the purpose pie. And it has everything that goes into choosing what your purpose is. And basically, for me, it comes down to, uh, and I say this for anybody, if you're going, oh, I don't know my purpose in life. What is it that you just want to shake the world to get them to know? Yeah. That's, your purpose is going to be somehow connected to that. Mm -hmm. For me... Um, other than my faith, uh, what I want to, I, I mean, everything I do boils down to, I want to shake the world and get them to know you are capable of so much more than you realize you just needed the right mindset and a few tools. Mm -hmm. You are capable of way more. And that's, that's, I believe that I live that. That's my, that's why I do everything. Yeah. Um, so 
Um, so, so ask the question again. Refresh so, me the question. Uh, so you know, how do you pick your big next? Oh, goal? the big goal. Yeah. So uh, the reason I said purpose is that you, if it's a big goal, you really want it to be aligned, congruent with your purpose, mm -hmm. with why you do what you do. So um, I do it by stuff that interests me. Yeah. And so right now, uh, I I I did I performed with a hologram in 2014 at NSA at the national conference. I'm going to make three D. Might not be true hologram because I've learned a lot about that. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm creating a three D a three D keynote. Wow. Awesome. So it will have regular three D. Yeah. Uh, as a, as a part of it, it won't be. It'll probably creep its way in. It won't be the like the opening part. It'll creep yeah. its way in, and people won't be expecting it. Yeah. Uh, so I, the way I choose that is something that either interests me or I feel like is going to be. I I have to somehow be excited about it. Yeah. Because there's just too much involved. Uh, I did uh, the first ever cross country concert tour on bicycle one time, <laughs> where I rode from San Diego to Brooklyn. 4,000 miles doing concerts along the way. No one had ever done it. Wow. And uh, USA Today did a story on it and stuff. Um, if I didn't like cycling or at least have an inkling that it might be fun, that would have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> However, <laughs> you know, it was, it was good. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very cool. Um, and I also use the question, what if? Yeah. You know, to think big. Like, yeah. what, well, what if I could do a hologram? What if I could to perform with, like have Stevie Ray Vaughan appear next to me on stage and he and I play a little pride and joy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Well, speaking of which, I mean, so we're here in Music City. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got some music stories. I know you've got some stuff maybe with Beach Boy. So I loved it. I, oh. <laughs> we got, I got to, if you're here, I have to tap into that. So, oh, sure. So, so tell me some. Name some, drop stories. Yeah, yeah name drop stories. Oh, yeah. uh, I get, I only have a few. Um, <laughs> no, I, I was blessed to open for the Beach Boys uh, five, a number of times. But yeah. And uh, some of them at the Navy Pier in Chicago and some at the Peace Center in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. And they invited, they liked what I did, so they actually invited me on stage to perform uh, uh, Barbara Ann. Oh, them. really? Yeah. And they gave me an Alembic 12, electric 12 string. I mean, so I was actually in the mix. They didn't just like, they actually, <laughs> it was there. And um, so I got to perform with them. And then, uh, as I'm writing this new keynote, I was just kind of looking, uh, looking at the Beach Boys, and Brian Wilson has the greatest quote about mastery I've ever, probably I've ever heard. He said, "Beware the lollipop of mediocrity. Lick it once, and you'll suck forever." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's going to be the probably the opening of my new keynote. Oh wow! Because that's what it's about. about you know, mediocrity is okay. I'm not putting it down. However, the greatest rewards are not there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Cool. Well, do you have any others or the other thing? We got to make sure you get play your guitar. I'll somehow. Play it, yes. Somehow. So we I got will play it. So, so what do you, what do you have for us? Do you want to set this up? Okay. So guitar wise. Yeah. Uh, so w w there had to be, when I became a speaker, Janice Stanfield heard me just down the street from here at Zany's mm -hmm. and she heard me and she said, Mike, you're clean. You're funny. You have a message you're a speaker and you don't even know it. And I said, what's a speaker? I literally, and, and she explained, I said, you mean like a motivational speaker? And she said, yeah. I went, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I listened to her, I thought about it. So right away, I wanted to be sure that I was not an entertainer doing 59 and a half minutes of shtick and then saying, sometimes you just got to take a chance. And that's my message. And yeah. I wanted it to be, I wanted the, the entertainment elements, the guitar, the comedy, 
to all thread with the message so that they were they just made sense. Yeah. And and to honestly to this day that's my constant my constant balance. So uh, so what I did was I got uh, right now I open by asking people to complete this phrase if it ain't broke they say don't fix it. Yeah. And I say here's the problem with that. Time breaks everything. If it's working, if it's cutting edge, or if it's been around for years, it's replacement is on a drawing board right now. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the pace of AI, that's the pace of everything. Um, and so I say the people who, uh, who truly innovate, and I talk about the graveyard of obsolescence, all these products and services and companies that are gone, mm -hmm. and it's all, they had one fatal flaw in common. They failed to innovate. So then I say, so the problem is, so many people are in careers like financial services, teaching, any kind of leadership or whatever, where things have been the same. There's a certain uh, modus operandi that they all go through. And I say, but so, so you don't think you can find any possibilities. Well, the guitar has been played the same way for literally hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. You strum a pick with one hand, you fret with the other. And it works. It yeah. works great. However, what if we could try something different? What if instead of playing between the saddle and the nut, we played up here? What if we could make the sound not by strumming and picking, but just just touch the strings with one hand? Uh, let that free your fingers up to do a lot of different parts. Start. You have to change the way you think. Just where you're thinking like a piano player rather than a guitarist. Which mm. really, what I'm about is trying to change people's mindset. If I, that's what I have the greatest effect on. Yeah. So, um, and then what if you could use that to play faster than you can with a pick? So I write this, this piece around it. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I usually do this. You guys are seeing this raw. I usually do this <laughs> with like effects and e reverb and echo and chorusing and all that kind of stuff. And you're hearing it completely raw. This Unfiltered. is acoustic. I'm not even premiere. plugged in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this is, so it shows that it's not electric. So you got the melody going with the right hand and the accompaniment there in the left hand. It's kind of cool vibe you can do with one hand, right? And then that. It's what Van Halen made famous, this type of playing. But what I wanted to do was see if we could add more fingers, like a bass line. So you get this going. So let's add a bass line. Then go back to the bottom, see how fast we can go. Very cool. That is awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah.
That's yeah. a lot better than my cheeseburger in paradise that I play for my kids. So that's that's uh, that's where I top out. I'm a huge Buffett fan, so you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna win that argument. I'm gonna say no, Buffett's better. <laughs> that's awesome. Cheeseburger, yeah. Very cool, very cool. Well, cool. thank you so much for for sharing this, for sharing about being virtuoso, about what if, about some uh, some pretty cool stories, and just being here and being part of the Beyond Speaking podcast. Well, I love working with you guys. I love the chance that, that you invited me to do this. So thank you. Yeah, awesome. So for those of you who are watching or listening. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Go to premierspeakers.com and check out Mike Rayburn. So, Mike, thanks again so much for coming on and being part of this. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking podcast. To learn more about today's guests, visit premierspeakers.com. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen.